Okay. This is fun. It's like I don't have to hold a mic, but yet I can hear myself over the system. That's really cool. <laughs> well, I just ran up the stairs, so I'm a little out of breath. But I think I'm ready to talk, so that's what's important. Like Cassie said, I'll be talking about inReach. And um, so I guess really the first thing I should talk about is what inReach is, just in case it's a foreign word to some people. Um, really, it's um, taking it upon yourself to make sure people feel welcome when they come in and um, just sort of making relationships, building friendships with the people that come in so that they will want to come back, that they'll feel at home here, things like that. Um, really being an example to them. Um, like, um, really living what we believe, not just saying it here, but living it so they can see um, just how it's done. And uh, you see how it's done, and uh, wow, I'm not used to talking. <laughs> just see how it's done and be an example. Um, show them love, things like that. Um, being someone they can talk to if they have questions, if they just plain don't have anyone to talk to. Um, being their friend and uh, being there for them, showing them that pe there are people out there that aren't like everyone else in the world that don't care, people that really do love them and care. Um, yeah, so that's in reach. It also involves, though, grunt work, like setting up all the chairs and the couches, um, making sure the room's vacuumed and clean and presentable and looking spiffy. Um, it's that, too. So, I mean, it's not just... Um, relationships. It's um, being available to help whenever, like, a leader above you says, hey, we need this done, or if you see it yourself, or, you know, just when people ask for help. It's that, too. So, really, why is inReach important? It's, um, we have new visitors all the time come in to CYM, and um, I forget the numbers, but I was told the numbers of over however long. It, we have lots of visitors. <laughs> um, but the thing is that they're not all still here. Why is that? I mean, some of them, you know, maybe for, you know, location reasons, maybe they're not around in the area anymore. Maybe some of them just, you know, don't like church because they're, um, for different reasons. But I think that um, the problem of not having most of them here is it falls on us then maybe we didn't make that connection with them. That um, we could have shown them more love, that we could have um, provided a place where they could come to have friends, come to have a home, um, have a family, so that they would want to be here, that um, they would just see you know, God's love come from us, so that they'd be drawn to us because we have like God here. That um, I know I've found that here, and I know a lot of people have too. Um, but yeah, just making an effort to have that be the place where people, um, the, the thing that people find when they come here, that sort of welcoming, loving environment. Um, that's really what, like, why inReach is important. So I'd like everyone, no matter how long ago it was, to think of their first night that they came to CYM or to a CYM, CYM event, whatever it was that you first came to, and whether or not you felt welcome. And first of all, if you didn't, I'm sorry, that's someone, it didn't do their job <laughs> in reaching out to you. But um, having a focus on inReach can prevent that in the future, um, hopefully. <laughs> but if you did feel welcome, it was because, you know, 
because someone saw that it was important to reach out to you, even though they didn't know you, even though there was that separation between you two because um, you know, they didn't know anything about you, you didn't know anything about anyone here or about the stuff that goes on here, that someone did take that chance, take the opportunity and try to fill in the gap um, between the visitor and everyone else here so that you did feel welcome, you did feel loved, and you wanted to come back. Um, and that, I know if people come here and find, you know, people who are mean and everything, they're going to think that, you know, since we're representing God, that maybe, you know, God's not the nicest person either because his people are supposed to represent him. So um, just to show God's love to people. Um, also, um, as for the grunt work side of it, um, it's, there's only so many people that are here to, like, before um, events and everything, this help, help set up. But, like, if people stepped up and there's, like, tons of people doing it, it not only would obviously be done faster, that's what you always hear people say, but, like, it would be done better. We, could be able, we would be able to do, like, bigger and better things if we have more people doing it, you know, um, and be able to put more time into it because CYM would be a more well-oiled machine. If we had more, yeah, woo. <laughs> I try. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, be more productive and more exciting because we can do bigger, better things. Um, so uh, being involved in InReach is just a really good dis- way to step up and um, take part in helping out in a big way at CYM, especially if you've never done it before. Like, um, it's just, it helps you grow. It helps CYM grow. It's just good all over, especially for those that you're going to be reaching out to. So um, how to do inReach. That's a, that's a big one. <laughs> um, because as I sat down to really think about how to do inReach, I was completely blanked at first besides, well, saying hi. When someone comes in, you can say hi, and you can tell them something about yourself and ask them something about themselves, and then your best friends. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, it is more than that. I mean, obviously it sounds nice. but um, So I sort of sat down and tried to set in place like this organized sort of a plan of how to do it, although, I mean, making relationships isn't ever like part of a plan, like a scripted out or anything, but um, just a way to keep people motivated to do it, reminded to do it, um, and that sort of a thing. Um, So when I did sit down, I thought up different roles that people could have, um, just sort of um, as a sort of reminder to them, like you're going to be a host today. You're going to make sure everyone who comes in is going to be welcomed. You're going to make sure when they leave, they're welcomed and thanks for coming and things like that. Um, really just making connections with people and making the room look presentable is part of a hostess's job, too. So um, things like that and um, other things like jobs that could be, um, what's the word, assigned? Jobs that could be assigned, just um, someone that would collect the offering, someone that would hand out things that are supposed to be handed out, collect things, thing, things like that. Um, and as for, yeah, that's good. <laughs> but um, I don't know why I had that written down. But 
um, that, that's the whole um, idea of it, is just to specify those sorts of things, not to keep it, not for it to be like a formal, we're going to make connections with people, but just sort of as an encourager um, to get what we want out of it instead of just letting it fall by the wayside and say, yeah, we're going to connect with people, but not know how to do it, really. It's a way to show you how to do it. Um, and we have to sort of take ownership of wanting students to come back. We want to see a new um, visitor come and just right away just love them, want the best for them, want them to come back to CYM because you have so much faith in what CYM is and the people here. And you want to um, make them want to come back because you want to see them grow in their, in their love of God. And maybe if they don't even have that at all, you want them to come back and experience more of what we have here so that maybe they can, you know, give their life to Christ, start all over, and even maybe become part of the leadership here. You just want that for them because you have so much faith in the ministry and the people here. Um, and we have to share a common vision. Just, I mean, that's, I know Deb just talked about vision, and it's like, in one word, there's so much that's stored in that one word. Um, the sort of um, passions of it and, like, just the directions of it. And, um, but really, we need to have a common vision to see students get to ne- connected to God by getting connected to CYM. And um, just having responsibilities here, um, really being an example to them here, um, being a family to them here. Um, and we need to have a common vision to really see them grasp the gospel message and really be an example of how to live it. Um, Because I know when I first became a Christian, I was confused as to what they meant by how to live it. Um, Like isn't saying it, living it. I didn't, it was confusing to me, but um, that's part of our job here in InReach is to show them how to live it. I mean, we don't even have to say it, just that they can see it on us that we are doing the right things, that we are reading, that we're um, praying, that we're um, spreading the message, doing the things we're supposed to do that constitutes living it. Um, I say um a lot. (laughs) It keeps echoing in my brain. But um... (laughs) Um, Oh, crap. (laughs) We do have to have the common vision and have... um, Now it's just going to be... Ignore it, please. I'm going to keep stopping myself every time I say um, which is every two seconds. We have to have that common vision and have um, a desire for the students to grasp onto that vision too. To one day take on that vision of turning around and doing the same thing to other new students. Um, Just sort of building up and turning around and doing it to the new ones that are coming in. And uh, to do this, we really do have to have passion. We have to really be dedicated, see the importance of it, keep doing it even after you walk up to someone, try and start a conversation, and they just kind of give you this look. Be dedicated to not quit, to um, maybe try new ways to and approach a conversation, just be crazy, be serious, those sorts of things. Dedication to try something new, go out on a limb. Um, and you have to really love the students. They're your peers. They're potentially, if not already, your brothers and sisters in Christ. You need to love them 
and want them to feel at home, want them to feel loved, um, and want to show them through conversation, through maybe even hanging out outside of CYM, to show them that you love them and um, just further that whole idea of us being a family. Um, I know Cameron's going to talk later about community. Just have, provide that community for them that they can come into and really feel at home. And you need to really love CYM. Have, um, share the vision that CYM has of all these kids in the area just coming to Christ and, um, and living it for themselves. You need to love CYM and the, the people here, every single person here, the ministry, everything about it. I mean, I know it's not perfect. Nothing is. But just have that passion and love for CYM so that you would want them to come here, that you have confidence in it. Like Deb said, uh, when you're selling something, you need to have confidence in the product you're selling. Um, and it's not like our goal is to get people to come. The goal is to get people to come so that they can get to know God. So, um, yeah, I really have a love for CYM. And you really, yourself, must love God and be willing to step out on a limb for him. Because, for one, you must love God so that people can see that on you. And love God enough that you will go on, step on that limb, step out on that limb and face rejection, face, you know, getting spit in the eye or stuff like that. Um, and you need to love God so that you can put up with the uncom- uncomfortable silences, um, which I come across a lot. I usually fill it with giggling. <laughs> but... <laughs> But yeah, trying to talk to students and getting just silence back. Um, love God and love them. Love CYM enough uh, that you face that and do it anyway next time. And if you're going to be serious about inReach and you want to be involved, there are going to be some things that are expected of you. I mean, even these are just things that even being a Christian that are expected of you. So it's very basic. This, um, so that in order that you can really have as much love for God as you can, as much love for your brothers and sisters as you can, um, there are things that are expected, just reading your Bible. It's an obvious one. Um, know the word of God so you can, in conversations with these people you're trying to connect to, that you can talk about it, that if they do have questions, if they come to you with, that you can talk about it and really be speaking the truth because, I mean, that's so damaging if you just sort of, guess or pretend that you know or if there is something that you don't know if you don't ask maybe a leader or Deb say hey they have this question I don't know if you just make it up yourself that's so damaging so I mean yeah not be prideful and you know ask someone else if you don't know but just read for yourself so you can know as much as possible Um, and it's also expected of you to have a relationship with Jesus I mean that's simple too (laughs) um just spending that time daily with him, I mean, while you're reading, after you're reading, before, just that sort of thing, um, so that the Holy Spirit's guiding you and who to talk to, what to talk to him about, that sort of thing, and that the Holy Spirit will give you words. I always love that. That confidence in knowing that the Holy Spirit will give you words in whatever you do. Like right now, I don't know what I'm talking about. The Holy Spirit, hopefully, is going to give me words to get through this. <laughs> um, and having a relationship with Jesus for being an example for them to have it, too. Um, like, having, uh, what's the word? Discipline. <laughs> Discipline in 
<laughs> um, in spending time with God every day. If they have a struggle with it, you've been through that. You know what that takes. You can give advice on them because you have that relationship because you, ha- you now have advice on how they can work on it. Um, those sorts of things that are expected of every Christian that would hopefully that, it, that you would actually do, I would hope. But um, like I already mentioned before, when people talk about living it, like I used to get confused. These are really the things. Um, reading, praying, have a relationship with Jesus, really be, um, really not get into this. Like living, not only reading the Bible, but living what it says. That's really what living it is. So, um, It's important to be excited about these things, to have passion about these things, um, because people will see that passion in you. It's, e- it's easy to recognize passion in people, and it's something that does get attention. Everyone loves passion. It's like the desire of it. Just, that's just what the world, what everyone clings on to. They see that passion in you, and they want to see um, why it's there. They want to see what it's all about. They want to maybe get, even get that for themselves. Like, having passion for something is so powerful. And, um, like, if you have passion for something, you're going to go on and on about it all day. It's not going to be hard to talk about it. And, um, I don't know, so it's important to have that passion. And, I mean, if you don't have that passion, how do you get it? You get it by reading your Bible, by praying, by being around um, your brothers and sisters just to feed off of their passion. And so you get it for yourself. Um, Speaking of passion, I know a lot of you people have heard this before, but I have the vision poem up here, and um, so, I mean, it's sort of long, sort of not, but I thought I'd read it and then sort of make a few comments on it about um, how we can apply it, how we should latch onto the vision of it. So, here it is. So this guy comes up to me and says, what's the vision? What's the big idea? I open up my mouth and the words come out like this. The vision? The vision is Jesus. Obsessively, dangerously, undeniably Jesus. The vision is an army of young people. You see bones and I see an army. And they are free from materialism. They laugh at nine to five little prisons. They could eat caviar on Monday and crusts on Tuesday. They wouldn't even notice. They know the meaning of the matrix, the way the West was won. They are mobile like the wind. They belong to the nations. They need no passport. People write their addresses in pencil and wonder at their strange existence. They are free, yet they are slaves of the hurting, dirty, and dying. What is the vision? The vision is holiness that hurts the eyes. It makes children laugh and adults angry. It gave up the game of minimal integrity long ago to reach for the stars. It scorns the good and strains for the best. It is dangerously pure. Light flickers from every secret motive, from every conversation. It loves people away from their suicide leaps, their Satan games. This is an army that would lay down its life for the cause. A million times a day, its soldiers choose to lose that they might one day win the great well done of faithful sons and daughters. Such heroes are as radical on Monday morning as Sunday night. They don't need fame from names. Instead, they grin quietly upwards and hear the crowds chanting again and again, Come on! And this is the sound of the underground, the whisper of history in the making, foundations shaking, revolutionaries dreaming once again. Mystery is scheming in whispers. Conspiracy is breathing. This is the sound of the underground. And the army is disciplined. Young people who beat their bodies into submission. Every soldier would take a bullet for his comrade at arms. 
The tattoo on their back boasts, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Sacrifice fuels the fire of victory in their upward eyes. Winners, martyrs, who can stop them? Can hormones hold them back? Can failure succeed? Can fear scare them or death kill them? And the generation prays like a dying man, with groans beyond talking, with warrior cries, sulfuric tears, and great barrel loads of laughter. Waiting, watching, 24-7, 365. Whatever it takes, they will give. Breaking the rules, shaking mediocrity from its cozy little hide. Laying down their rights and their precious little wrongs. Laughing at labels, fasting essentials. The advertisers cannot mold them. Peer pressure is powerless to shake their resolve at late night parties before the cockerel cries. They are incredibly cool, dangerously attractive on the inside. On the outside, they hardly care. They wear clothes like costumes to communicate and celebrate, but never to hide. Would they surrender their image or their popularity? They would lay down their lives. Swap seats with the man on death row, guilty as hell, a throne on a, the throne of an electric chair. With blood and sweat and many tears, with sleepless nights and fruitless days, they pray as if it all depends on God and live as, a, as if it all depends on them. Their DNA chooses Jesus. He breathes in, they breathe out. Their subconscious sings. They had a blood transfusion with Jesus. Their words make demons scream in, mal- in shopping malls. Don't you hear them coming? Herald the weirdos, summon the losers and freaks. Here comes the forgot- frightened and forgotten with fires in their eyes. They walk tall and trees applaud. Skyscrapers bow. Mountains are dwarfed by these children of another dimension. Their prayers summon the hound of heaven and evoke the dream of Eden. And this vision will be. It will come to pass. It will come easily. It will come soon. How do I know? Because this is the longing of creation itself. The groaning of the spirit and the very dream of God. His t- my tomorrow is his today. My distant hope is his 3D. And my feeble, whispered, faceless prayer invokes a thunderous, resounding, bone-shaking, great amen from countless, countless angels, from heroes of the faith, from Christ himself. And he is the original dreamer, the ultimate winner, guaranteed. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of long, kind of not. But I thought I would read the whole thing because, I don't know, I just really love it. <laughs> and... um. But yeah, I wanted to go back and talk about a few different things in it, just comment on it. Um, it says this vis- the vision is an army of young people. I mean, that's one of the first things it says, it's an army of young people. And we are young people, and we can't be discouraged into thinking that just because we're young that we should wait. I know you've heard it a million times, but it's so true that um, now we can be doing amazing things for God, and we should be doing amazing things for God. If we're really living what he tells us to, we will be doing amazing things for God. Um, and what is the vision? It's holiness that hurts the eyes. And it says, it gave up the game of minimal integrity long ago to reach for the stars. And doing just enough isn't enough. You've got to reach for the stars. You've got to, like Deb said, aim for six inches back. You've got to just go for it. And, I mean, we discourage ourselves so easily. If we just... Forget about all that and trust that God's going to take care of it, that we are doing what he wants, that we would just believe that we can do it if we just aim for much higher than we think it's even possible. And God will come through and God will make it happen. Um, But I think one of the things that are really holding just everyone back is disbelief in themselves and disbelief that God's going to make amazing things happen if they just put that effort in. Um, it says this is an army that would lie, lay down its life for the cause, and a million times a day its soldiers choose to lose so that they might one day win the great well done of faithful son and sons and daughters. I think we're afraid of choosing to lose or even choosing to maybe uh, 
have the possibility of even coming close to losing. I think um, if we're really out there and if we really love these people, we can choose to lose and maybe call, be called a loser, you know, by just going up to them, try, just being yourself, being who God would have you to be in that situation and not caring about popularity, not caring about what the world thinks and choosing to lose, just not caring about that kind of stuff. And it says, such heroes are as radical on Monday morning as Sunday night. It can't just be a Wednesday night thing. It has to be an all-the-time thing. Because, I mean, I keep referring to things Deb says. Um, <laughs> Deb was just talking about being lukewarm on Wednesday. And it's, you can't be whoever you want to be um, the whole week and then be who God wants you to be on Wednesday. It's not going to work. You're never going to grow. You're never going to do amazing things for God. You're not going to have that passion unless you're as, as radical on Sunday. What is it? <laughs> on Monday morning is Sunday night. <laughs> Something like that. Um, it also says sacrifice fuels the fire of victory in their upward eyes. Winners, martyrs, who can stop them? Can horm- hormones hold them back? Can failure succeed? Can fear scare them or death kill them? We do have to be determined, sacrificial. It's going to take sacrifice. Um, doing a lot of things that maybe you don't want to do, spending the time doing that, that you would rather be doing something else. Um, it's not letting the world hold you back, not letting failure succeed, and um, doing this because you love God, that you know he loves these people, but they need to know it for themselves, and you need to show them, you need to tell them. Um, it says whatever it takes, they'll give. Breaking the rules, shaking mediocrity from its cozy little hide, laying, laying down their rights and their precious little wrongs. I mean, that's self-explanatory, taking whatever it takes. Um, shaking mediocrity from its cozy hide, not letting it um, take root in you. Not being, um, not just letting mediocrity be satisfying to you, um, but reaching for more. And, uh, this one, it says, uh, Herald the weird- weirdos, summon the losers and freaks. Here come the frightened and forgotten with fire in their eyes. They walk tall and trees applaud. Sky- skyscrapers bow. Mountains are dwarfed by these children of another dimension. I um, was sort of looking over this, thinking of comments, and the first thing I thought of was, you have to love all the students that come in here, no matter how they smell. <laughs> well, <laughs> because the losers and the freaks, as the world may, may call them, um, to God, they are these children of another dimension, and it doesn't matter if they don't bathe. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just treating them all with love no matter, no matter what. And even if it does seem that, like, the world has such a, a hold on them, that that doesn't matter either. That maybe those that seem like they're the hardest to reach, um, God loves them the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we should give the same effort towards them as we would to a well-bathed, attractive person. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then the last thing it says is, And my feeble, whispered, faceless prayer evokes a thunderous, resounding, bone-shaking, great amen from countless angels, from heroes of the faith, and from Christ himself. And what I take from that is that we may be small, but we can do all things through Christ. I mean, even even your your prayer that's just, just whispered and just... Um, even not so confident, I mean, Christ is like, thank you for asking. Like, that's what's supposed to happen, and you're on the right track. 
and we can do all things through him and um, not to be discouraged and thinking that we're small or that we're young or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I hope that we can all grasp onto this vision, that we can all grasp onto the vision of reaching every student that comes in the doors and loving them all, um, trying to, at least trying to build relationships with them all, make them feel like home, make them feel loved, and so that maybe they will come back, maybe they will, um, you know, just like I did, feel loved, keep coming back for the people, and stay because God's here. Um, so yeah, I have no clue how long I went, but <laughs> are you serious? Oh, that is awesome. Okay, <laughs> I was born on the 29th. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, um, next up is Cameron, and he will be talking about community. Yeah. <laughs>